Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Well, I have lots of notes about the Denver game, so shall we do that first? Well, I think I think we should do it in the traditional order, just because otherwise we'll get confused. We won't remember to then tack a ridiculously out of context sport bit onto the end of the uh, music podcast like we did last week, but uh, that was because I forgot that it happened. Um, it was. It was a really. I sat there and watched. I watched the first half by myself, and then watched the second half with the boys. And I don't. What did think, they think? Uh, they thought did, Denver. Did they think good. that? Did they think that that Miami's comeback in the end was was real, or did they think that was just uh, Denver fucking about? Or did you think no. Denver were genuinely having issues against the Miami's own? What did the boys think nah. about that? No, no, I'm not the, convinced either. The the thing that that struck me straight up was. Uh, Denver, not the Celtics. They were really prepared. Right? They have a coach who's capable of figuring out how to play against a zone. They are not the Celtics. So they came out with a game plan. That their game plan was every. They're, they're going to load up on Jokic. They obviously were like, we think this is going to happen, so we're going to feed Adam Gordon, and we're going to make Adam Gordon just punish the little guy that they're going to try and put on him because of the other matchups. I have um, one question: mm. Who the fuck is Adam Gordon? Aaron Gordon. Did I say Adam? Fuck. Twice. It's been a long week. <laughs> I think I was expecting to say Adam a lot tonight, so maybe- Well, yeah, maybe Adam, Adam was going to join us, but he got a, he got a gig, so he he's getting paid. He, he got a pay here. gig. He, he found yeah. somewhere where pe- people actually want to hear his music takes, specifically the, the ones he plays with his fingers not and, and howls with his voice rather than the uh, views he has on uh, Def Leppard. First he reneged on our sponsorship deal and now he just doesn't show up. He's getting worse well, I feel worse. like not winning Powerball was the major <laughs> decision maker in that. You think? I feel like, I feel like there, was, there was Will. If it could have just uh, got the, you know, got it across the line with the finance people, it would have been all right. Yeah, yeah uh, so- Bulls podcast, episode three, six, nine? Nice. Nice. Um, but it just, the, the whole game, right, it just felt like Denver weren't really having to work that hard. It, it was like they'd prepped for a lot of stuff and they were running their stuff and their stuff was working. It, like, uh, it definitely wasn't peak Denver. It wasn't no. peak heat either. But, I mean, if, even if you index both teams up by like 25%, um, there's a gap between them and the gap is still the same. Well, I think if you were looking at the ceilings of the team, yeah, okay, yeah. sure, Miami could hit some more shots, but Denver shot a lower three-point percentage in that game. Um, I mean, on paper, if Miami hit three more threes, the scores are evil, equal or even yeah. equal. But I feel like that was artificially uh, deflated by the fact that the Denver were just that, fucking that, about for most of the fourth quarter. That was fourth quarter garbage time, I felt. Yeah. Having said that, Miami probably need to get more than one field goal out of Caleb Martin and Max Struess. We need to rename him Min Struess just for the purposes of this game because he well, was definitely minimal. If Michael Porter Jr. is going to turn into Draymond Green rotating from the weak side for, blo- for blocks, I really don't know what Miami's going to do. Like, it seemed like- Sneaky Den- tall, old mate. He, he is- yeah. 
you kind of forget that he is friggin' Kevin Durant dimensions. Yeah, and the fact that they got three really fucking big guys in that front court, and two of them are very athletic. Uh, well, well, some of the best analysis I heard was that um, Denver have big boys and Miami don't. <laughs> and that's that about right. That was on the uh, Levitard show, post-game show, with Zach Harper and Amin El Hassan and Tom Haberstro. But it was uh, somebody else who came up with that point, and I think that's probably the most accurate p- thing to point out, is that Miami too small. 6-9 theory doesn't get you very far if, uh, if you want to play against these big boys. So the other really interesting thing I noticed was, like, the talk all week was drive at Jokic, get him in foul trouble, and Denver seemed to have this plan, at least in the first half of, we're going to wall off the paint with those three big guys, right? We're going to send help. We're going to just make it really hard to drive. And we're going to give you semi-open looks from the mid-range and three, but we're not going to let you drive into our into our players, right? It's just going to be too hard. And I think they're better than semi-open. I think some of those looks work. I mean, some of the ones that Duncan Robertson had, some of the ones that Struess had, some of the ones yeah. that Caleb Martin had, they were they were plenty open to hit. They just could not hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Yeah, or but, a shot. But Jimmy couldn't be his normal aggressive. You know, go into the teeth of the defensive. Like he was passing out. Do we have like, to be honest? Was- Do we have to be honest? Yeah. Jimmy's cooked since game three of uh, of the Celtic series. He mm. has been on a fucking it's a knockout suds covered slippery dip, and he has just been sliding and sliding. And he is not the dude that he was well, in those first three games against the Celtics. Nor should he be because he's cookhead. Yeah, th- this is what I find really fascinating is a lot of a lot of NBA pundits treat these series like discrete. Test match series or something. Yes. It's almost like everyone starts from zero, and it's like, no, actually, no. that's not the case at all. Like oh, that Spurs, the one I always think of that Spurs Clippers series, but also the Clippers Rocket series, which was the same year. And yeah, it, it's just like you've just had one of the hardest first round yes. series ever. That is going to matter. All the accumulated fatigue that they dragged through. Psychological fatigue as well because of what they dragged through to get there. Absolutely, 1,000%. And you see that with this team. And and you can almost give the Celtics an assist for maybe a game and a half of of what the the Nuggets are going to win by in the finals. Because if the Celtics hadn't rallied in game four, then this – Heat team would have been a much more challenging contest against the Nuggets, but uh, now this team are cooked. Yeah, Jokic and Murray had the quietest, quietest dominant two man game. Like it just didn't look like they were ever working that hard for it. Like they ran this same action uh, three times in the second half, where sort of Jokic would get the ball, and then Murray had someone had set a screen for Murray, and then he'd curl around, and he got like. a drive and an N one, a floater in the mid range, and then reversed it and step back out for three. And it's he missed the three, but it was just like they It's just so easy. These guys just get their stuff. Like as soon as Miami made a counter, it seemed like they knew what the counter to the counter was. Okay, you're going to play zone. Yeah. Jeff Green got two easy buckets. The first time they went to the zone, Jeff Green s- stood in the middle and they ran a play that they'd obviously practiced at training. You know, here's the zone against our reserves. Jeff Green, this is what you do. You go here and you do this. And he got two easy buckets straight up. I can't remember I who of- made this point, but but the worst kind of, of result, the worst kind of, of box score you could get if you're Miami out of Jokic would be 30 points, 
and 15 assists or, you know, 30 points, yeah. 10, you know, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. Yeah, you want 50 points and five assists. They'd yeah. much rather. He went and got 50 and nowhere near as many assists and nowhere near as many boards. But what did he literally get today? 27, 14, and 11 or something like that. Exactly the worst yep. kind of game. And because they they couldn't stop him facilitating, that's the real thing. They've kind of a, a little bit like what – um what Sacramento did when they were successful against the dubs in taking them to seven and then what, what the Lakers ended up doing, you've got to let Steph absolutely cook and then don't let anybody else get anything off. And they couldn't they couldn't manage to do that with Jokic, possibly because he's a fucking point guard in the body of Godzilla. Someone uh, someone on, on Twitter was pointing out that he, he was playing it like Andrea Pirlo, like a deep-lying Italian playmaker just stroking the ball around. He's that, but he's also... Fucking Erling Haaland up the front, banging in the goals. He is like an absolute multi-purpose superstar. Yeah, he <laughs> soccer references are lost it's on various co-hosts. The audience understands what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, that's right. I don't. Um, Erling Haaland uh, just, rewrote uh, the um, the Premier League goal-scoring records uh, this year. He's the Manchester City's new uh, lead striker, so he scores a lot of goals. It's almost like if he was playing actually, uh, playmaker and goal scorer at the same time. Vanessa had a question for you, soccer related. What, what position, like obviously midfielders have to be fast, right? Because they're the ones not that always, sort of not always. break down the-, the sort of the sort of playmaker I was talking about, the the, the deep lying Italian style playmaker, the Pirlo. They're often slow as shit. They're ponderous, just basically just walking pace, just strolling around the place, and then just banging, just incredible court vision, banging the ball to exactly where it needs to be. Uh, and that's why that's right. the kind of vibes that um, I actually think it was Seth Part now was saying that, that it was a very Andrea Pirlo performance from um, Jokic because it was a lot Jokic, of that kind of yeah. strolling up and just picking the exact ball to um, unlock the defense and, and, and get the points. So the the other one that I really noticed was um, there was a lot of talk of oh Miami are gonna uh, are gonna hassle Murray full court and Denver obviously there was another thing that they prepped for. As soon as someone pressured Murray full court, Jokic or Gordon was there. They take the ball up. They get into their action. And it's just like the, the simple stuff that, that seemed to phase the Bucks and the Celtics, Denver don't seem to be unprepared for. Um, and I guess this is the difference between having Bud a coaching staff and that- Mozilla and yeah, mozzarella. Like, yeah. And, like, yeah. Like it seems crazy, but- Bud does seem like a guy that just wants to run his stuff, right? Um, he might not be that good a coach. That's the weird thing about Bud. He might not actually be that good. I, I think I think he's really good at putting in sy- systems in place. I think like, he's really good, really, with, with really plan good a. at setting. Yeah, yeah, r- really good at setting up a good structure that's going to give you a framework that allows you to be successful to a certain point. And like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, Malone strikes me as a guy that. Changes very um, begrudgingly, but mm. will change and will will sort of you know understand that he's got to uh, he's got to respond to the matchup, right? But I also um, think Malone's motivated I- by the fact that that a lot of the narrative, and he's very sensitive to narrative. I mean, he banged on endlessly about the fact that that nobody was talking about his Nuggets, and everyone was talking about the Lakers, and yada yada yada. So he's incredibly aware of the fact that everybody has sort of said, "Well, Malone's going to get outcoached by Spo because Spo's a genius," and he's like, "Well, fuck it, you yeah. watch this, cunts." He is yeah. desperately motivated to kind of prove that he's on Spo's level. He may be, he may not be. He's certainly got a talent advantage, but 
Um, he's going to be trying every fucking thing he can in order to win this uh, on smarts and X's and O's. Well, the other thing is, and like I've done this when when I've coached, if you've got a really smart player, you, you pick you fucking pick their brains all the time. Like you, you, you essentially make them an assistant coach, right? What, what are you seeing? You know, what if we run this? What, you know, what do you think they're going to counter with? Like, um, and that's just something that that's like the Doc Rivers style of coach is just not that sort of coach. It's it, Doc Rivers is like, well, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and you'll fucking like it. Uh, He's also unemployed, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's interesting out. that um, I'm not surprised Doc hasn't got another job. I would have thought Bud would have gotten one of those empty jobs, but. Uh, Maybe the vibe on Bud is that he's he's no good. I could like um, Missoula evidently is being guaranteed a job next year, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to yeah, see. Yeah, he's been retained. Bud or or um, Vogel or one of those really really good uh, head coaches paid like paid probably more than Missoula to come and be his assistant coach and 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 sort of you know. Teach him on the job, I guess. I don't think you're going to see um, that because I don't. I just don't think they're going. To, I don't think guys like that have got the ego to fucking sublimate themselves. I mean, Kenny Atkinson did, but that was also because he wanted to. He wasn't a head coach for as long. He didn't win anything, and he was quite happy to be a player development guy. If you've won a chip, you're not coming back to be somebody's uh, number two, are you? Dan Tony went and um, sat on the bench for a season at Philly before he went to Houston. But that's probably the only one I can think I don't of. That. Yeah, he went. He was um, Brett, he was Brett Brown's assistant. Cost. Yeah, but how many how many chips is Dan Tony? That's won? true. Yeah, that's very true. I heard somebody say Brett Brown will never will never actually coach in the NBA again, and I thought I don't know about that. He might be the last man standing in the Spurs room, given that everybody else is is taking other jobs and you know getting suspended for what they're doing with their WNBA teams and things. Brett Brown could be last man stands oh. in that space. I wonder whether he wants to though. He seems to me like he's much more comfortable doing that Kenny Atkinson yeah. development w- within the system role. And like, um, I think the issue they're going to have there at the Spurs yeah. is that um, Wemby comes in with his entire with his own development staff and his own coaches and his own um, entire well, I, system I, I, structure and how that. I think that's that's the main issue I see for Wemby is how his infrastructure interfaces with the Spurs infrastructure because I suspect he's going to want to hang on to his own, you know, coaches, dietitians, sports science people and all that kind of stuff. That whole little ecosystem he's built up around himself. Well, A, I don't think that's going to be a problem because they've literally just built the sort of venue where all those guys would fit in, right? They've just built this new practice facility. Well, it's not the building that's the issue. It's the people. It's who you listen to. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, uh, Wemby's side's still in the French... Um, playoffs at the moment because the shoe I've been waiting to drop and I absolutely will be gobsmacked if this doesn't happen. But his coach, who's the French national coach, um, who from all reports is just like a kick-ass coach, like a really really good coach. Um, if he's not if he's not sitting on the front of the Spurs bench next next year, I will be fucking shocked. Right next, I reckon to there is. Brand, yeah. Yeah, I reckon there's just absolutely like, and it's pretty smart, right? Because you know, he, he's the guy that can talk to Popovich about what Wemby is good at and, and how to integrate him best into a system. Um, yeah, but wouldn't and if those you were guys the Spurs, just have no? Wouldn't you deliberately not get that guy to sort of to make sure that Wemby, like, okay, you're special, but you're not that special. Everyone, it's next man mm. up. This is the Spurs. We have that military kind of ideal. Yeah, not, except not that, that, that we go, not that we go and chase people off cliffs, Ben Robert Smith style. 
I don't even think we have to put. I was a- wondering when we get our first Ben Rollett Smith joke. I don't even know if we have to put it allegedly around that. Um, yeah, that's right. The, the judgment was pretty clear. I suspect it's not as allegedly as he would like it to be. Um, yeah. But you know, but they've got that very kind of everyone is equal kind of attitude. They're not. They're not about superstars, and that's part of why Kawhi fucked off. Yeah, it, it, except I think um, a they're they're very big on getting outside coaching voices in. Like yeah, but it might Messina be too, really well too closely aligned to the guy, and it might be it might show to the rest of the playing group this guy especially gets his own coach, or he can bring his own coach in, and I think they probably uh, wouldn't like yeah. the optics of that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating. The, the vibe I get from Weminyama is he is not a prima donna. He just no, wants he's to super focused on being he, on being the best basketball player he can be. Yeah, he he just want he he's got that LeBron. Uh, like I just want to be the best. Like I want to get them. So Curtis and I yesterday were talking about. He went to this um, athletics uh, assessment for high school for, for being part of the. Oh, it's like a specialist program, and he he came out of it and he was talking about maximizing his potential. And I thought that was really interesting because that's that's essentially what Wemby wants to do, right? He doesn't want to just coast by on his talent. He's like, no, I've got this tool. But I'm going to sharpen it. I want it to be super, super sharp. I'm going to do everything I can. I don't want to be missing 50 games because of foot injuries. Or, um, you, you know, he, he's re- he seems uh, very focused on making sure that he lives up to what he could possibly do. And who knows what that is. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a prima donna. I can't see him, you know, giving giving a bit of Trey Young. No, he's not going to be a prima donna. But but if he is as determined for his coaching, his coach to be part of this sort of stuff, the end result ends well, up I, being I, pretty similar in that he's unmanageable. If he ends up being, you know, having having his own kind of coaching clique and his own system within the system, that's as unmanageable as somebody who's a prima donna or someone like James Harden who is massively unprofessional. It all it all ends up detracting from the overall mission of the team. So that would be the thing I'd be concerned about. It'd be a different looking problem, but it's still a problem. So what happens if what happens if it doesn't come from Wemby's camp? What if Wemby comes over and they just go, "Look, we actually think this guy really helped develop him," and they hire him off their own bat? Does that make a difference? Absolutely does, but it depends on the optics to the rest of the playing group. It still looks like yeah. oh, they've brought his special guy over here because he needs somebody yeah, to look after I, him. I, I, I think I think the Spurs have enough juice with their playing group that they're only really interested in maximising the playing they group. They also have a really junior playing group too when you look at them. None of them partic- yeah. particularly any, if you like, juice uh, of their own. Yeah, see, that that's the other thing. I'll, I've been reading a fair bit of CBA stuff and Common the Spurs are absolutely- <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The, the Spurs are absolutely going to have to throw some money Lou Dort style at some sort of veteran next season because it's not just – it's just not at the top end that you've got to – that the changes have happened. It's also at the bottom end. Yeah. You can't be under the cap anymore. Like, there's punishments for being under the cap. Yeah, there's no there's no salary floor where, whereby you used to be able to just redistribute the balance of whatever you didn't spend to the playing group. You actually get fined if you don't yeah. um, make the minimum payments to the playing group that you've got. Uh, so, you need to build so, – so it's almost like they're, they're – Trying to prevent teams from tanking by roster development. Yeah. So what they're doing for the players, I guess, is they're saying, "Well, we're going to push on the ceiling, but we're also going to raise the floor." So 
it, it, yeah, it'll be so you're not like, with a house you know, on stilts like, like uh, they're in a flood zone. Yeah, <laughs> like someone like uh, uh, Bruce Brown or uh, Austin Reeves. You know, one of those guys is probably going to get paid a little bit more or get more years than what they would normally get. I think those guys are probably going to get good money anyway. It's more the it's going to raise the minimums, and I think that's actual that's always nice because Mm. in any kind of star driven league, it's the guys who are on the minimums that end up getting fucked. If the Nuggets win this year, is it going to be like a a, well? It's still one game. game? (laughs) They could they could win this without Jokic. I I looked at I looked at game seven tickets. before I started watching the game and stuff, even though I knew the result before yes, I started I watching I didn't, the game. I didn't, oh well, there won't be a game seven. And, um, <laughs> you didn't you're, even you're going to, you're going to be in Denver uh, in the middle of this month, but uh, unfortunately it would appear that the, ga- that the, <laughs> the series will be well and truly bagged, boxed and buried by that stage. Yeah, as Steve Smith said, you're probably not even going to make the parade made, let yeah. alone a game yeah. seven. Yeah, you, there, might, um, still be, still there might still be a few banners hanging up. This is the interesting thing, though. That they don't have the like um, somebody was somebody Mo, Mo Dakil, who's in Denver, um, said that they don't they don't promote their stars very well. No. Like there aren't big banners yeah, up saying that. like Cleveland did, and it might I don't know what shoe sponsor Jokic is with, or, or even or even in Southeast Queensland. Like there's like I live technically on the Gold Coast, but there's still massive Gold Coast Suns banners you know, all up and down the Pacific Highway, and yeah. they're not even a successful side. No, um, but they, underpinned, they are underpinned by a, a league that desperately wanted to – basically their, their strategy for taking over hearts and minds was promotion rather than fielding a decent on-field product, which seems a bit mm. arse about. That's probably uh, resulted in the look, result that they've had over the past 30, 40, 50 years. Look, what while it's um very, very, very unlikely that I'll be in Denver while there is a game on, I still think it's going to be cool to go to Denver after this and just hang out and see and if anybody gives to, a shit. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm just oh, I'm going to hit random Americans up in pubs and try to talk NBA. I reckon it's going to be cool. Like, um, anyway, I probably I probably would have done that anyways. Well, you might need to prepare a few talking points about the Denver Broncos because that's all they got. That's all they give a fucking shit about. Is how yeah. how the uh, the mini camps and the training camps are going for the Broncos and whether Russell Wilson looks like he has anything left. I might actually I might actually have to take a Balls podcast t shirt over with me and wear that. See if anyone asks me. Oh, that that was the other little sort of like a side um, story to the story to the story was one of the baseball teams RSNs forfeited their. Contract this week? Did all you see of them that did, story? Didn't they? I thought that was the Bally ones. They've all got. Uh, the, yeah. So basically, the NBL has taken back the rights to broadcast those games. MLB, not not and NBL. I, NBL. Um, the NBL signed a contract uh, a sponsorship deal with Mitsubishi, and it was like nineteen ninety two all over again. The Mitsubishi Challenge is back, motherfuckers. But yeah, that you know, it, it essentially all those games just go back into the app, um, yep. and that's where you. You watch them, and I guess uh, someone's going to pay the, the that who, unhappy about that. But who that? pays the fucking the the callers? See, this is what I mean. Uh, Apple, the Apple's deal with Major League Soccer has resulted in all of the RSN contracts going by the wayside, and Apple actually pay the broadcasters. So they have a central pool of broadcasters, mm. and they send them out, and they, and they they produce the broadcast for the the entire league. Which means you have a standardized yeah. thing, and you have a standardized set of voices, and all that kind of stuff, and you don't have homers, you know, calling games and things like that. 
Yeah, but, yeah, you don't have that home that home broadcast. But somebody which can has be good, to pay like, these people. The, the, and when you've got a model yeah. where it's kind of part RS, uh, regional sports networks, which is what RSN stands for, folks, if you're not aware, and part centrally allocated league-sponsored sponsor uh, broadcasting teams, when you've got kind of a split between them, you don't really have um, – it can easily fall, fall in the middle. Because, you know, the NBA would definitely not be happy that Denver might win a championship this year and next year when literally it is the easiest to try and sell Denver people into watching the Denver Nuggets. They won't be able to watch the Denver Nuggets because of You mean exactly like it is this year? Because this year- Yeah, that's what I mean. Notoriously, because I think it's Altitude Sports who had the rights and there was some kind of dispute between Denver, uh, you know, who had the rights and who could do X and Y and Z. And you couldn't see Nuggets games in their local region. Now, Altitude are not one of the RSNs that are going to the wall. It's all the Bally ones, the ones that were former, formerly uh, Fox-owned. Uh, they were owned by a casino group. And as a result, it, there's still going to be some um, remnant sports networks. Like, I think NBC's network of sports, um, regional sports networks, is fine. Um, so... Philly and Boston and, you know, various others. Sacramento, I think, are on that one. Um, you know, there's, there's some that are still going to be robust. And they've still got their contract. They, they want to have it honoured, whereas there'll be other places that don't don't have a network. So it's going to be a little bit uneven and a little bit weird for a little while. Yeah, I wonder whether the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball will essentially, when those rights come up, out because the rights are with, the rights are between the club and the network, right? Not Major League Baseball or the, the not the sport and the. Essentially, yeah, with MLS and with NBA and with and previously with MLS, but that's not the case anymore. Um, with the NFL, though, all the games are on network television. Um, ah, okay. So they're either on on most of the Sunday games are either on CBS or Fox, and then the Sunday night game is on NBC. The Monday night game is on ESPN, and the Thursday night game. Is now an Amazon Amazon jobby, yes. Yeah. So, so would the NBA when those rights come back up, like if they could get more out of them streaming, like if they could monetize it a different way, would they bid against the RSNs for the for their own rights and I buy them back? It really depends on what how many people still have fucking set top boxes, how many people still have yeah. dishes, and how many people are still connected to cable. I could see them wanting to do like an Apple-style centrally distributed streaming model, but I'm not sure the Apple MLS thing is going that well. No, I think it is, and this is this is one of the really interesting long-term things because Apple's supposed to announce a VR AR headset they've, this they've week. They've got right? WWDC coming up, don't they? Yeah. So but for those who aren't complete fucking nerds, it's the annual Apple shows off all its cool shit. Festival essentially. Well, it's a, it's the developers conference. Yeah. It's where well, DC they announce is stuff. That's World developers conference. Yeah, it, it's it's where they talk to the people that write the the software that that makes them go. Because while they own the devices and and run the uh, the core software, it's the cool stuff that third party people do that really makes the their ecosystem hum. And I was listening to a podcast this week, and I like I couldn't think of anything worse than putting a, a like a VR headset on like. And that might be just because I wore I wore glasses for for forty years and and not keen to put glasses back on my face. But they pointed out that sports is something where if you can replicate the feeling of being on the sideline in an NBA game, 
if that's something that you could do with with um with VR glasses. And like I said, I just looked at I just look at NBA tickets in the last row for the finals, right? Like in the absolute fucking nosebleeds. And those tickets started at eleven hundred bucks. So if you've got a device that can give you the experience of feeling like you're sitting on the sideline of a court, like it's not going to be the same, but it might be a lot more immersive than sitting on um uh, you know, sitting, w- watching it on a screen, watching it on a flat screen. So, if you can get that sort of experience, maybe that's where Apple and Amazon are starting to bid for this sort of stuff because they're thinking not so much now, but what could you do with sports five, ten years down the track once that once that technology cap- catches up? And, you know, could you charge a premium for giving someone uh, like a third of the court side experience through through a headset. I, I don't know. Like, um, I, d- I don't think it's just about, hey, we've got Major League Soccer and um, we're expecting to make money from it. I think that I think there's more to that sports play with some of those tech companies than just pure ratings and eyeballs. Yeah. That they could be they could be completely wrong, right? They could be completely wrong. Well, but they, they, I just, these are the same people who did the Apple Newton. <laughs> that was a fair while ago. Don't. I mean, yeah, but, but the, the internet never forgets. Uh, yeah, true. I, I I just I just don't know. Like, I I guess we'll know more in three or four years' time. But I, I would I would think watching an NBA game from that you know from that courtside perspective would be completely different from what we're experiencing. Like, it's a little bit like you know rugby league's a better game. I don't, I think it would be really disorienting. I think it would be yeah. really quite. I I certainly wouldn't like that at all. But uh, what, what the fuck do I know? Okay, well, what about motorsport? How would it feel if you could, if you could switch to a view of being in the passenger seat of a of a um, Le Mans car? But you can would do that, that. Be something, but you'll never be able to feel the vibration and the smell and the g forces and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Le Mans is it, like racing is one of those things where you they have actually been able to, thanks to Australian innovation with um, race cab at Bathurst in the seventies and eighties. They've been able to put cameras in the passenger seat of, of race cars and send them around and uh, and give people a real sensation of, of what that actually feels like. So we're pretty like nugs in five sort of feeling after that game. Uh, if less, four and a half over under. I'll probably go under. Yeah. Um, I think the games will be competitive, but I don't think the results will be. You know, it'll be a little bit like the Nuggets sweep of the Lakers. None of the games felt uncompetitive, but the results are never really in doubt. Uh, it's not really going to matter. I mean, the Heat have tried everything. They've got nobody who can stop Jokic. They've tried Bam, and he was he <sighs> can't well, be expected to do that. And 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 the other problem was that Bam, they just got Bam to shoot relentlessly, and I think he scored like twenty five points on twenty four shots or something. So he was Kobe yeah. levels of inefficiency. And then they tried Haywood Highsmith, um, who sounds like some kind of small country town solicitors firm or something. I don't even know who the fuck that is, but apparently he, he was out there as well. Um, yeah. Someone did a, a really deep cut, deep cut joke about you know the, the heat. The heat found something in Hayward Highsmith, and um, you know that Denver essentially lost that game from what Miami found from Highsmith late in the fourth quarter, and straight away it was like fifty people dunking on this guy, not getting the Rui Hachimura joke. That's just like, oh, please. 
<sighs> Which I reckon every time someone angrily tweeted at him, you know, oh, that worked really well for Rui Hachimura. It's like, man, you guys are just so fucking thick. But anyway, you know, Twitter. Or you don't spend nearly as much time still on, um, on NBA Twitter as anybody else. We should probably talk yeah, about some of these true. new fucking hires. It's fucking Nick Nurse is going to have to change up his Vision <laughs> 6 9 shit now that he's in Philadelphia with a guy who hates him. Um, yeah, but what, that's what not frequency work. do you vibrate at, Doc? Doc, what, what frequency do you vibrate you, Do you vibrate at a low frequency? No, no, it's, it's not what frequency I vibrate at. It's, it's when do I vibrate? Because <laughs> Nick Nurse doesn't vibrate on the frequency of the past. He only vibrates, vibrates on present frequencies. Or future frequencies, uh-huh. but not, but not, but not past frequencies. So, what he was basically <laughs> saying is that people should listen to Tripping Balls, our music podcast, because we don't vibrate in the frequencies of the past. We only listen to new music. Yeah. Thank We're you. We're always Nick. looking forward. For a man with his own fucking uh, initials on his hat, he certainly, you know, has some sort of grasp of uh, of, of popular culture. Uh, it was the nice thing about about. The nice thing about Nick Nurse being uh, hired in Philadelphia is that finally Mike D'Antoni can be allowed to enjoy his fucking retirement in peace without people linking him to jobs relentlessly. I mean, he's 75 years old. Can we just leave him alone now? It's funny for the guy that had the reputation for being the most wanted guy on the market, he got the worst job. Don't you reckon? He got the best paying job. Well, no. (laughs) The Detroit job's the best paying job. Actually, that's true, but nobody wants that job. Like, man, I'll take $78 million for six years. Thank you very much for coaching. Um, and, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's, like, two models now, isn't there? There's, like, the two-year celebrity, you better fucking do something job, and then there's the um, the jazz, uh, you know, th- that long-term, we're going to give, you know, a six-year contract, let let you really develop the, the, the players sort of, um, which Detroit don't really have any options because they didn't get a high pick this year. Um, yeah, that that was fascinating that Monty got that thing. <laughs> just, I think it's funny that he's walking into another job with a centre that uh, might not necessarily want to play basketball. Um, I don't think it's such an issue, though, because it, it's not their pick. Nobody nah. has anything, um, like, institutionally invested. And he's not he's not making the yeah. max. Yeah, so it's like, you know, if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. Um, obviously... Um, Detroit liked enough what they saw, or, or Dwayne Casey liked enough what they saw of, of Monty uh, that they thought, okay, he can actually be a good development coach. And I'm buggered if I know what they saw in him, but that's fine. It's uh, nice to he's successful. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why. I, I've been baffled by that. Why the fuck would you give that much money to a coach you know, with a clear blind spot with dealing with certain kinds of players? Yeah. I thought he did a good job with the Suns, but not a great job. I, yeah. I still think but that But this is a very different job to that, the Suns' job, though, in terms of the profile true. of players. So I'm not, I'm not quite quite sure what they saw that was translatable. It was almost like the, the, the Pistons were having so little success getting anybody to take their money that they got a bit desperate and they just threw as much money as they could at somebody who could be a credible fucking candidate. Well, wouldn't, isn't, that a, isn't that a perfect um, spot for Kenny Atkinson, though? Yeah, he doesn't want it. Yeah, guess so. Having said that, I mean, the dub situation is going to get a little bit odd now that uh, Bob Myers has said bye. Yeah, Kerr's gone within a year, I reckon. A lot of people are connecting the dots with, okay, he didn't didn't want to have to pack off his mates, Dre and Clay, but someone's going to have to pack off his mates, Dre and Clay, aren't they? I, I don't think it's so much that is he's a pretty smart dude, right? 
and he's looked at that CBA that's yeah. that's like the rock rolling in in a fucking Indiana Jones movie, and he's like, hey, I ain't gonna be the one that's gonna get flattened by the rock. My reputation is at yes. its highest. We won a chip a year ago when no one really expected us to. I can only go yep. down from here. Now's the time to get out. And I, I don't really blame him because The Rock absolutely would have rolled over him and when she went is, though, that Laker reckons that he doesn't care what the rules are. He's just going to keep winning. And I reckon that he's not. I don't reckon he is. I reckon no. that's good talk, but I don't think that's exactly how it's going to be at all. Yeah. Uh, again, he, he's he, he's the he's the dopey sidekick that you know, and and that like uh, there was a few little tidbits on podcasts this week that Lacob didn't really fully give um, Myers the respect. He's just like I don't necessarily like the, the vibe that I got was I don't necessarily think you're the best GM in the league, and Myers was like, okay, no worries. You, you see, see how you go with your son being second yeah. in charge. See how that I mean, that, like, that failed. That, that like it, it, it's sort know, of, I mean, his son is apparently has been wanting to be in the game for twenty years, and he's been a, he's he's worked his way up, and it's not it's not complete fucking. Here is my fail son. No, no, he's he's been with G League sides and stuff like that. Like, he's done his time. He has paid his dues, but he is still the son of the yeah. owner. There's and, still problematic levels to this that that are you know that can't be fucking just wiped away. No, no matter how much work you do as the son of an owner, you're still the son of an owner. It's just, it's just unfortunate. That's just the way it is. Um, and like you know, th- this is the problem: is Dunleavy's going to have the rock. Dunleavy's going to have the rock roll over him unless he is at what is he in Fast X? Brilliant, <laughs> you know, unless he convinced Clay to take the veteran minimum and Dre to come back for five years at, at considerably less money, they're fucked. Like. This CBA is directly aimed at those guys and the Clippers. Um, now, the, the Clippers, I think, have a little bit easier way out of it because I just don't think that they're emotionally tied to their guys as much as Golden State are, right? Oh, God, no. Like, that, they could ship Paul George off. But it does make you wonder, all the talk is that Bob Myers might go to the Clippers. I'm like, that's the other team that has problems with this fucking CBA. I oh, mean, he's he's chilling for he's chilling for a year to see. He's got like, a podcast, you know, he, he he'll be quite happy. Yeah, he he could he could probably make the same amount of money he's making from Golden State being on tech boards. Like just rocking up and going to board meetings, to be honest. Go back to being a fucking agent. Yeah. And, and then you know, come come back in a couple of years once you've scouted out what the new CBA is like and and see what's happened. Well, he has connect he has connections to Bron, and Bron will be owning a team before too long, so th- th- there's plenty of opportunities. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he'll be he'll be the GM of the new Los Las yeah, Vegas the, franchise. The Las Vegas that's gamblers. probably not a bad call. The Las Vegas one arm bandits or whatever they call them. Um, yeah. And in terms of other coaches who got gigs, there was, there was actually we talked a few weeks ago. Like we we weren't really quite. There weren't a whole lot of high-profile assistant coaches who we thought these guys are mm. kind of morals to get head coaching gigs. But a surprising number of assistant coaches have actually got head coaching gigs. I mean, Adrian Griffin has got the gig in Milwaukee, and he was a assistant coach there as well as being an assistant coach in, in various other locations, including Toronto. Um, uh, also joins the uh, the large number of uh, NBA head coaches with um, – Accusations or arrests for domestic battery in their history, which is not the greatest of fucking. Yeah, that that one's a. Ha, have you dug into that a little bit? 
there's there's a little bit it's, it's more. A, it's a it's a bit he said she said, and it's a little bit. It's a bit. Yeah, ugly. it's very yeah, complicated. I don't, and, and I don't and know the, what to think of that. The, the kids coming out on very publicly on his yeah. side, saying that it was a beat up, is even <laughs> that's more probably not the best term and phrase to describe it. But yeah, yeah, true, true. My but apologies. I mean, here's the thing: they've hired this guy because you know he he spent a lot of time in other systems that have systems that have been successful. And he's got a PhD in some kind of management bullshit. And I'm saying, look, if you if you do, if you want to hire a coach with fucking with a PhD and who's spent lots of years hanging around higher profile, more successful coaches, I'm right here and I'm really cheap. <laughs> I come and sit on your bench, mate. That'll be fine. That'll be like Matt, Mike D'Antoni sitting on Steve Nash's bench. We know where the fucking <laughs> we know who the power by the throne is there. Well, the other one that made me laugh is evidently all the Celtics guys resigned and went to Houston. <laughs> All the assistant oh. coaches, which I just think is hilarious. It's just like, well, no, fuck you guys. We're off with uh, Eme. That's. <laughs> or or the writing was on the wall and they are like, we are absolutely getting replaced next season. <laughs> Let's well, the go. thing is, Missoula didn't have the opportunity to. He was, I mean, he was like the third or fourth name on that bench. Yeah, he was. So it's. Yeah. It's a very odd situation. And that's, and that's why Stoudemire left, because he was on the front row of the bench yeah. and he got it's, overlooked. It's a very, very um, odd circumstance. And there's a lot of chat about the Celtics mm. and, like, uh, can you win with Tatum and, and Brown? But there's also the question of what kind of coaching did they have this year? We really have no understanding of, of whether any of these people were competent. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Doc, I will be here next week, so I might even see the, the uh, end of the NBA finals before you I- You may well do. We'd love to see how that works out. Before yes. I jet off to, to Denver, but- um, Before you go off to party with the winners in Denver uh, at, at altitude. Yeah. I, I, I do think I will drop in on the on Adam Maris' DNVR bar, just, just because I've heard it on a million yeah. podcasts. So, uh, just you know, just to kick around all the empty cans that are there after the party. Yes. Uh, all the PBRs and- Whatever the Denver yep. beer is, of course, light. I think it is Golden Colorado. Uh, evidently, they're, qu- they're quite the microbrewery place, so probably they lots are. Of they are hazy they're, IPAs. They're the home of one of the worst American macrobrews, but they also have a, quite a, quite a lot of home, a lot of craft brews. Yeah. Although I make Vanessa happy. All right, Doc. I'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers, mate. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. I'm really conflicted, right, because I really want Denver to win a championship just so all the fucking Kendrick Perkins and Skip Baylesses of the world shut the fuck up. But they not won't. That they'll not pivot. That they actually- the whole thing is they'll pivot They'll pivot to the next take. That's what. That's the whole economy. That's how yeah. the take economy works. You know, you just pivot to the next take. But, but even um, <laughs> your best mate, uh uh, Simmons, who's been on Denver and Jokic for a lot longer than anyone else. <laughs> oh, um, they did a great thing on Levitan's show. They uh, they got the photo of, of the, that terrible photo of oh, Simmons, Simmons, and they just yeah. use it like you don't know, remember the DVD um, load screen where the where the mm. where it just sort of bounce around and you have to kind of see if it ends up in the corner. Yeah. They did that with the photo. Doing 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 turn around the screen. Uh, the, the 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 funny thing was, he's like, I fucking love it. He's like. Mate, it's hard to get my, you know, it's hard to get teenagers to even interact with you. And they were coming up to me going, look, Dad, you're a meme on TikTok. Yes. He's now <laughs> crying Jordan. He is. He has now become crying Jordan. <laughs> uh, 
Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I just want. I, I want. Like, there's a lot of good dudes on that on that demo side. I'd yeah, like to yeah. see him win. I, I'd also like to see Jimmy win, but you know, look, I, I like the Heat, but I feel like talent. I feel like the Heat are always winners. You know, they they don't care whether they win. You know, they they'll be fine. No. Um, but narratively, for Jokic to win the year that he he lost the MVP for largely narrative reasons to a guy who yeah, is would be who will be never win a chip funny. and unless he becomes like the two I see to somebody better. Very happy for them to win that. Um, but but even even someone like um, MPJ, right? Who the the narrative around him was that he wanted to be a you know he wanted to be a star. Like he's sort of like the anti Ben Simmons, right? You, you know Ben Simmons had this perception of how he should be, and he hasn't been able to adapt that perception to his or, like to, to or, his skill set. Ben Simmons is kind of got that James Harden thing where he doesn't actually care that much whether he wins because mm. the lifestyle is actually too important to him. I mean, I feel like with with, but, with Harden, Harden is really good at basketball, but I don't think it's that important to him to win. And that's fine because he gets to have a really a really cool life. But if he goes back to fucking yeah. Houston and just hangs out and bangs hot chicks and goes to strip clubs and does all the stuff that he likes to do, then you know that he's just, I'm just here for the fun. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And that's fine yeah. if that's your life. But 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 watching watching MPJ like block shots and scrap for like, they're, they're, he had like four or five like really box out scrappy workman like, like he was like the, the, the glue guy in that, in that game. Like all, he was doing all the little shit that he was ding for never doing. Mm. And uh, I just thought it was a super impressive game by him, um, you know. And and then there's the fact that he could go out and hit ten threes. That you know, if he got hot, he could absolutely like Jokic just just feed him and feed him and feed him, and he could get like thirty points, no worries at all. Like he's got that potential in him as well. How much um, of that is down to Jokic though? <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's a, I mean, if that's we thing, were right? smarting but up, y- <laughs> y- we Jokic is yeah, yeah. Your ultimate force multiplier. Yeah. Same with Murray, right? Mur- yeah. Murray is not going to be the same guy on the Hornets. Yeah. And he knows it. But the thing is, the thing that makes Murray great, he fucking knows it. He's self-aware enough to understand yeah. that that it, he's very, very lucky to play with a generational player. It's a bit like um, Steph, Steph's gravity, except that it's active. It's not a passive force. With Steph's gravity, it's yeah. passive force because people are drawn away from, drawn towards Steph and away from you. But also, probably hard to argue that Jokic is a is a better facilitator than Steph. It's yeah. definitely is a better facilitator than Steph. I mean, obviously Steph's a better three point yep. shooter, but because nobody's a better three point shooter than Steph. But um, it, as you say, it multiplies that effect. It means that even if you, I mean, what do you do with what do you do with Jokic? You double him. And he yep. does more fucking more assists. You leave him one on one, and and he cooks. He, so it's there is no option for there's no real option for the the Heat, and there isn't. They are uniquely badly fucking configured to to take this kind of threat on. Once upon a time, you could run him off the floor, right? Like you could yeah. get him with fitness. But he's, but he's dude- weirdly aerobic for a man who looks like a fucking loaf of blancmange. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching a like a highlight reel of his. Um, stuff from this year and the amount of times he gets the rebound and he he does this thing where he brings the ball down the floor but he's pushing so hard that his body's leaning like on a 60 degree angle 
Like he's full on fucking sprinting down the floor so hard that his body's not even upright. Like he looks like an Olympic sprinter. And he's just push, 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 push. Now, he doesn't go that fast because he's a big lumbering guy. Yeah. But the thing is that he do- he does that enough times in a game that it's really exhausting to fucking to defend him, yes. right? And he has a huge amount of momentum. Like, he's really good yeah. over short distances. That kind of lunge speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that can really disorient people. And I feel like Jokic is a bit like that, that he's really quick off the, you know, um, disarmingly quick off the mark. Yeah, I, I just I just don't really see a way that the the Heat. I mean, they'll probably jibby a game or two out of this, but um, yeah, it kind of feels like all the all the the bad guys have been vanquished on the way here. There isn't anybody left once the once the Celtics went out. It was kind of like, yeah, well, whoever wins basketball wins because it's not going to be a, a Celtics uh, title. It's not going to be a Lakers title. Uh, everyone can go home happy, except for the ESPN and I- fuck those guys. Well, like, uh, there's even been some rumbling. Like, I've listened to a few, you know, Hoop Collective and, and Zach Lowe's podcast, and there's been some internal rumblings like, hey, don't fucking tag us with this Lakers bullshit. Yeah. We are very we, interested we, in Denver we Heat. Like, yeah. We like basketball. We are not here for the fucking casuals. Yeah, so. And also, um, we have this huge fucking media conglomerate. Why don't we try and make fucking stars out of these people rather than pissing on about how fucking none of them are stars? Yeah, and there was I, I did notice in the in the coverage today, there was a concerted effort to go to really appreciate uh Denver and what they were doing. They and and Jokic, like I said, Jokic wasn't even that dominant. Like compared yeah. to some of those games he had against the Lakers where he just imposed his will, he looked so casual yeah. today. Well the, the, um, the thing is problem is that he never looks like he's the best player on the court. And today he wasn't <laughs> the best right. player on the court. So it's like, oh, what are we even yeah. fucking doing here? I mean, how do we actually convince people yeah. that this is genius? That's the thing, right, is when LeBron's on, he just looks like he is destroying you. Yeah. And Jokic, like, the, 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 the fo- I don't know if you saw the photo of Malone had a press conference this week. And, you know, Malone just looks like this uptight guy that's just ready to explode at any moment. And and he's answering this question, perfectly innocuous question from a journalist. And Jokic has his head, like, poking out behind the sponsor's banner on the side and he just looks like this trickster that's about to pull a practical joke on mm. on on Malone and and I think that just sums him up so well like he just does not look like a killer and then he kills you yeah. <laughs> anyway that was a little addendum to the uh basketball podcast <laughs> <laughs> which I'll almost certainly forget to, to attack onto the fucking basketball podcast <laughs>